Our very good television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Lizlet on the Twitters. I'm Ben Travers at Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. And it's a sleepy Friday afternoon, but Olympics fever. Do you have it, Ben? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> podcast over. See you guys next week when it, we'll talk about, uh, I don't know. What are we going to talk about next week, Liz? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about... Um, Probably nothing because of the olympics yeah uh stupid olympics we're we're sort of stupid olympics uh if you're enjoying the olympics that's awesome i feel like there's always really good stories to come out of it i've been occasionally catching like glimpses of cool stuff uh it's been fun to follow i was very excited to hear about the kid who almost missed his gold medal winning performance uh because he was binging brooklyn 99 are you serious yes that's a that's a thing that happened how old is this kid i don't know well, good choice, kid. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, great show. I don't, I don't, as much as I may be about to disparage watching the Olympics, I don't think I would ever say it's a good choice to binge a show that's readily available online instead of going to actually compete in the Olympic Games. You don't know how he relaxes. Maybe that's how he gets in the zone. That's fine, but he almost missed it. You can't <laughs> relax so much that you don't do the thing no, you're I'm, relaxing for. I'm in agreement about that. I'm just saying, let's not mess with his process. Uh, to, no, to, I, to any more degrees. Again, we're completely disagreeing here because <laughs> you have to mess with a process if the process is broken. If the process is literally almost keeping you from doing the thing that you're processing for, then, yeah, I'm going to mess with your process. Keyword almost. He did make it. Doesn't matter. That's a great Too story. Too close. Though. Yeah. Um, I've been enjoying reading a lot about uh, figure skating. Uh, Adam Rippon is becoming clearly our king and good for him i'm completely lost in all the figure skating coverage i see it pop up on twitter i hear people talk about it i'm not watching so i don't understand what's going on well apparently there's this amazing will they won't they story happening um in uh, in the uh, world of pair figure skating right which i i need to properly the th- i need to properly check in i want to properly check in on unfortunately the problem is is that I'm not DVRing things, and I'm and the Netflix, not Netflix, the NBC Olympics website is such a garbage fire. Um, like I just, I, I literally, I went in there. I was like, go to video, search Adam Rippon. Just totally broken. Search is broken on this website. It's all very dumb. Yeah, you have to rely on on Twitter, and I don't know. That's probably it to really find the key olympics links and footage if you need to catch up on anything that's yeah. that's my best process so far as it's, little as i've tried it's all a mess um right and this this kind of relates to the to the main talking point here we're we're, we're talking about the olympics because the olympics have interfered with liz and i's life our life is very much dictated by the schedule of television mm-hmm. and the schedule of television has been somewhat disrupted because the olympics are happening for three weeks and a lot of at least some of the broadcast networks, if not other networks in general, have kind of backed off a little bit in terms of releasing new content because they're worried about being crushed by the Olympics. And uh, a lot of the cultural conversation is being steered around the Olympics, as we just discussed. Um, and, you know, we're masochists over here. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels really weird to have all of a sudden this three week period where there's less television content being dumped on me. And instead of it being a relief where I'm like, oh, I can kind of sit back and take a break, I just feel 
cheated in a way. I feel like something's being stolen from me, and I want to be kept busy, and I want to have 6,000 things to watch all at once, even though I know that's not a healthy thing to do. Um, and really, I don't think it needs to be this way, but yeah. that's, that's, that's just that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. I mean, the fact that essentially, I think really what it comes down to is like, it's not so much the fact that we don't have a lot of TV to watch right now. It's the fact that as soon as the Olympics are over, a flood of new TV starts. Like the first, last week of February and the first week of March are pretty brutal when it comes to new shows coming out and new seasons returning. Um, That's normal. Like, see, I I, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think you're 100% right in that the Olympics are definitely a factor in this. But in my mind, it's all about the Emmys, and it's exactly like what we dealt with last year, where March was this little warm-up, and then April was this massive, you know, undertaking. Frickin' And then it just kind of lasted through May-ish, June, kind of. Um, So, yeah, to me, it's all Emmy season, and (laughs) that's that's kind of where my mind's at. Yeah. Uh, Even though that isn't the full story obviously but definitely for our live work yeah. our preferences when it comes to television yeah i mean and i mean to be fair emmy's season i i feel like if we're gonna count it starting from the first official um fyc event invite uh emmy season officially begins on february 27th yep that is literally seven months before the emmys oh yeah it's so dumb ben Ben is counting on his hands how many months we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Thank you. Well, March and September. Right. Uh, I, I can't do that math without my fingers. <laughs> he, he, but fortunately, he still has all 10 fingers, so he was covered. Well, I only need seven. You only needed seven, but you could have gone all the way up to 10. I could have. Hopefully, we don't ever reach that point. Yeah. Oh, well, you, it, it, why not? Why not, Ben? Why not just have it be Emmys all year long? I mean, that technically is kind of where we're at yeah. with the Golden Globes and the Guild Awards and everything. Yeah. Don't, don't, you look happy about it. I'm okay with it. They can Uh, do it. That's fine. Better TV. Bring it on. All right. So point is, um, (laughs) well, the thing, the thing that is in it, the thing that kind of is, we're going to talk about or is triggering this conversation is um, a comment. It was a a little article written by someone known on Twitter as the mass scheduler who also does uh, ratings commentary for, uh, I believe, a, of TV by the numbers dot dot com, um, which uh, is a website that still exists, even though I feel like it's corporate like structure. Corporately, it's, it's sister sites have all been folded. If I have that right, Ugh, I forget what happened to Zap to it. But drifting off topic. Drifting off topic. Sorry about that. <laughs> Point is, um, let's not get into the vagarities of uh, digital publishing today. Um, but yeah, we talked, uh, but this article talks about how, you know, he, this, the guy who wrote it used to be like a, a primetime scheduler. Um, and he's written some really interesting stuff about his time working on NBC and NBC during the nineties and working at Fox either before or after that. And one thing he mentioned was, um, I guess after that, cause, uh, he went, he, when he moved to Fox, one thing they did was, um, you know, when the Olympics were happening, American Idol was also still on the air, and people were like, "You should pull American Idol and get out of the way of the of the Olympics." And he, his response was, "No, there there's there's enough audience for both." And he was apparently right about that. The you know American Idol did not tank, uh, but for competition with the Emmys, and in general, his thought is that there just these there all all the TV should be happening. Keep it in competition. Keep people watching television. I agree. I just had a Pavlovian reaction of just like, oh, now the podcast is over. Right. Uh, sorry about that. 
Would have been funny if we did end it. Yeah, it would be funny. Would have been good. I like mean, it's a mandatory statement now. If you say the words keep watching television in any form, it just that's the end of the podcast. It just like automatically shuts off. Yeah, it's like, oh shit. And then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if I can still say it at the end now. No. It's gonna feel weird. I have to come up with something different? Well also we can't end the podcast now. Because okay. we started again. All so right. now we're on a loop. We're yeah. just stuck in it. We're in a time loop. I love time loops. I hate time loops. Um They're great. Point being, I, the like a lot of what's happening right now is in our world dictated by the idea that the X-Files is gone. Um, Liz here has to wait how many more weeks? One and a half. It's too many. Least, at least ten days uh, until the next new X-Files comes out after we'd gotten six, uh, you know. In a row? In a row, as it's supposed to be. I was in a, I was in a groove then. She was hitting it. She was every week churning through, nicely prepped, uh, ready to tackle it in the zone, and it got pulled away. And, and one of, you know, one of the thoughts or the, the, the obvious reasoning behind it is because of the Olympics, as Liz just mentioned, you know, the scheduling minds working. Um, but, I mean, our reaction was, was just, of course, people are going to still watch the X-Files. And one of the interesting things to me, in, especially regarding the idea that this is this was a successful strategy in the past to counter program or not even counter program, just program against the Olympics with whatever you've got. And it would work out if 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 that worked back then. It would have to work now because now more than ever, audio, uh, networks are placing emphasis on you know live plus three, live plus seven ratings instead mm-hmm. of you know night of, day of, you yeah. know, DVR even. Like they're 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 getting ratings from all over the board. People are finding ways to watch television, no matter the reason. And and honest to God, like it it seems so obvious that. Of course, they're going to watch a new episode of the X Files if it airs, whenever they can. Like it may not be right at eight o'clock mm-hmm. when when it starts, but a lot of people would because those audiences aren't necessarily the same, or they just prefer to watch the X Files that night. Yeah. But I mean, also just imagine the scenario, which I have to imagine is very common across the United States, of you're sort you're on NBC's website. You've decided you want to watch the Olympics. You may you know just be having it on while you're piddling around in the house or whatever. But you're going to try to turn something on. And you can't figure out what the fuck is going on because the website is so convoluted. Uh, the, the structure of it is infuriating. You can't, like, it took me forever to figure out what was actually live and what was replay. And I didn't, I don't like watching replayed sports. It's pointless to me. I can look up the results. I don't need to check that out. Um, so I, I'm only looking for stuff that live. If it's not live because of the time change or because of whatever, then I'm going to have to watch something else. I'm, I've already set aside this time to watch television, so I'm going to go looking for it. So whether it's that I can't find what I want to watch or whether that <laughs> I just get fed up with the system and give up and decide to watch something else that's easy, which is what a lot of people do with television these days anyway. They just watch whatever's easiest to watch via Netflix usually. Um I, they're going to do it. They're going to watch it. The, the Olympics don't need to be the end-all, be-all of television for three weeks. They can just be another programming option, and they'll get they'll get the ratings they're getting right now, but Which the other shows will also probably get good ratings, and they'll not be as damaged as one would think, especially with the new delayed viewing. But I, anyway, long rant over. No, it's a good rant, though. I mean, and I think it kind of speaks to, you know, our general frustration. I will say on a personal note that I am the one nice thing about having not having the X Files uh, or having the X Files delayed for three weeks means that there was a real bad day coming up if if they had stayed on schedule, and I'm glad it no longer is going to happen. Where I go immediately from <clears throat> reviewing 
the the X Files series season finale, um, and to uh, reviewing the back half of Jessica Jones. That was going to happen within a twelve hour period, and it was going to suck. Yep. Yeah. Instead, now I just have like I'll just, it'll just be a regular episode of the X Files that I'll probably be easily able to review via screeners. You never know that, Liz. You never know what they're gonna throw. I'm knocking your face. on the woods. Yeah. I need I need the screeners. Right. I need my screeners, Ben. Yeah. Mama needs her juice. I mean, also a good a good point if if we've got any you know uh, marketing execs or network execs listening, you should be giving critic screeners of everything you've got right now. Like yeah. for the for the three weeks the Olympics are on, you should be giving them literally anything that you have. Maybe that's, that's why out. they keep giving us stuff. We've had a yeah, and a lot of you are taking advantage of this, and we appreciate yeah. that. But there's one new upcoming uh, Netflix comedy that just gave us their entire new season uh, yeah. just today. Yeah. Too much. But, no, it's yeah. not. That's good. I'm glad they're doing it. Again, now is the time. You'll, your odds of getting reviewed are exponentially higher. Mm-hmm. Your odds of getting articles, interviews, etc. They're much, much higher because we're going to have time to watch it. Yeah. Um, but that, I think, applies to everybody else. If you're, if, if you're releasing stuff right now, it's going to be seen one way or another. Yeah, because, you know, what are we going to do? Watch the Olympics on NBC? Yeah, well, I mean, even if we do, the point being is you can you can watch the other stuff as well. Like, people are making time for that if it's important to them. And obviously, for some of us, the Olympics aren't as important as it is to other people, but those aren't necessarily the same groups of people watching. And also, people watch a lot of TV. We watch more TV than we ever have before, so we're going to make the time for it, um, kind of no matter what's going on. But um, I'm actually a little surprised that you're not more into the Olympics. Like I, li- I like the Olympics. I, I enjoy them. Um, I remember, like, I think it was, we were, we were working together during the Summer Olympics, uh, and there was, like, talk. We, we, we had just gotten into this building, and uh, or within a few months, and there was talk of getting a TV installed so we could watch in the office. Yeah, and uh, to me, I swear to God, Liz, the, one of the main reasons I'm not watching is because the only way that I know it's reliable for me to watch the Olympics is at night in primetime via NBC. Like I try to watch during the day uh, at work while I get on a side screen while other stuff's going on. And it's, it's such a hassle to use the website that I'm not interested. And then most of the stuff that airs in primetime is figure skating and competitions that don't really matter that much to me. I always like the tertiary sports in the Olympics. I'm sorry to our dearest listener, uh, and Travers, but I love curling. Curling is, is so And Travers doesn't like curling? She's not a huge curling fan. Wow. Um, I, I'd like to watch more of the hockey matches. I'd like to watch more of the luge. I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching a lot of the stuff that's out there, but I need to be able to access it when it's live, and I don't want to watch it on replay, and I don't want to be dictated by the one-channel thing when I know that there's so much more going on. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. Uh, the... Uh, there was a good piece on Vox today written by our friend Caroline. Caroline, sorry. Um, I don't know if Caroline listens, but uh, shout out to Caroline. Um, Framke. What? Caroline Framke. Yes. Full is. names are important. <laughs> <laughs> so people can find her. Well, she's on Vox, I said. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she wrote about um, how the fact that NBC is simultaneously covering the Olympics and distributing the Olympics leads to problematic things like how do you how do you properly cover uh, Sean uh, Sean White mm-hmm. uh, Sean White's uh, kind of you know explosion of past sexual uh, sexual misconduct allegations um, the answer is apparently you don't really cover it she actually pointed out something I didn't know um, which is that when they were doing when in the lead up to 2016 when Michael Phelps was having his big like you know re, you know under you know returning return returning hero 
you know, struggles to make a comeback a storyline. Uh, something NBC did not mention was that one of the reasons he was in the middle of having to make a comeback was that he had a serious problem with alcohol for a few years there and, uh, you know, had to go to rehab and everything. Apparently that didn't come up in their coverage. Shocker. A shocker. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Almost a, like how concussions don't come up when uh, Fox is broadcasting the NFL games. Yeah, it's so weird. What a shocker. weird coincidence. It is strange. Uh, it's almost like you need non-biased journalists working to in the media. Almost. Almost. Yeah. As if such a thing exists. <laughs> oh yeah, we're all the lamestream. But that being said, I mean, I still want to try to figure out how to watch at least a little bit more Olympics. Um, That's the thing. Like, I, I think it's I think it's conducive enough. It's better than it used to be. It is accessible. You can log on and, and choose things in a, in a way. But like the idea of of watching replays has always been nauseating to me. I just and because the Olympics take place in so many different time zones and so many different places, the replay thing has kind of just been accepted. I mean, a lot of people over the years are very protective of not looking up results for certain things online. Especially, I remember like a, a hubbub going on about I think it was men's basketball mm-hmm. um, and you know the games would happen well before prime time but they'd want to air them in prime time because they got good ratings so people would be avoiding finding out what happened and that's almost impossible these days and I just think it's ridiculous if it's 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 a live sporting event the whole point is to is to experience it as it ha- as, as it happens not to kind of just shield yourself from secondhand information and, and ignore the world to the point where you can pretend like I so a lot of that doesn't work for me a lot of just you know their decision making like and this is a very snobby pretentious millennial tv attitude to take towards this but them dictating what is important for me to watch at night when I actually am available no that's over now your app on everything be it computer or you know your NBC sports app on Roku or Apple TV whatever it is I should, you should have very plain listings that say, this is live, this is live, this is live, just pick. Just choose whatever you want, because it's all available anyway. Like, it's, you're all, you're shooting the whole thing. And the idea that that is not as simple as it should be is infuriating to me. Hear that, NBC? Ben Travers isn't up, isn't cool with your hip or whatever, with your, uh, you know, telling him what to do when he wants to watch his curling. Yeah, I want to watch my I want to watch my curling, whenever it's live, whenever it's on, and I I don't need I don't need cutaways. I don't want to watch a primetime broadcast that bounces back and forth between events. Uh, no, I just it's not. It's it'd be like it'd be like channel surfing while there's an NBA Finals game going on and Stanley Cup playoffs and I don't know a golf match and you're just like the TV chooses which one I get to watch. No, I watch all the way through whatever I want to commit to and that option being taken from me is infuriating. So, and again, like I I should preface this all by saying I've done very light research into actually trying to make this happen, but I don't consider myself so technology averse or unable to figure things out um that that i that i just haven't done that yet like it and even if that's the case even if i'm even if you're going to send me a million emails and nbc calls me up and says you're an idiot this is widely available you just have to do this it's not easy enough because i couldn't figure it out when i was trying to do it two nights this week like that it it shouldn't be that hard for anybody and if i can't figure it out i know other people cannot figure it out as well. Um, I was going to use an example, but I'm not going to now. So uh, point being, 
the Olympics have become somewhat of a frustrating endeavor um, in an age when I feel like it should be easier than ever to engage with them. Yep. Someday. Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. Like, I feel like... I feel like it would have to no longer be NBC's baby, and the NBC has the rights to the Olympics for, like, ever, right? I have no idea. I wonder what it's like. I watching. think so. Not forever. For a while. I know it was... I feel like I've seen a story about it recently. Yeah. Well, here's a... Here's a question for anyone uh, who's, you know, listening to this from international waters. By international waters, I mean if you live in a country that's not America. Uh, I'd love to know uh, what what your viewing experience has been like, like how you're viewing it, like what what providers have you, do you have? Is it a good experience? Is it a bad experience? So if you want to, that could be our question of the week. If you want to hit us up on Twitter and let us know, or uh, send us an email at liz at indywire.com and ben at indywire.com. Be interested to know what you guys say about it. Um, do you think this just stems from a general lack of trust in the media, Liz? Like I, I don't feel like I'm particularly untrustworthy. I don't I don't mistrust. Uh, NBC. I don't. I don't mistrust a lot of networks out there, even though there's good motive, obviously, for the Olympics and NBC to be suspicious of their coverage. Um, but do you think it stems like that? My general kind of, I want to decide what I want to watch when I want to watch it. I, I don't want to deal with their stories. Like they're trying to craft all these Olympic stories. They're trying to tell the story of Sean White and get me to care. Maybe I don't care, and maybe I shouldn't have to let them convince me to give a shit about that event if I don't when there's other things that I could be watching and you're supposed to be providing coverage and you are clearly able to provide coverage of all the events that are happening at the Olympics Ben I feel like this is the sort of situation where you know it's yeah I think we just have to accept you're too cool for school I think I mean I think it's one of two things I think either NBC just has a fundamental issue that they need to address in their Olympics coverage, and they need to just make it easier to access the things you want to ex- access, and also, obviously, uh, provide clear guidelines as to how to do that. Or I'm just a dick, and I'm very comfortable with either of those being true. You don't, but you don't think it can be both. It could. Well, it definitely could be both, but I think in this case. Like, I could be a dick and the first one is right, but I wouldn't be being a dick about this. I could just be a dick about, you know, yelling at people to see The Greatest Showman. And <laughs> yelling at people to watch The Leftovers. As a, as a fellow appreciator of The Greatest Showman, that's not a dick move. Well, no, it, 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 it is. Like, a lot of the ways I do it, it can be. <laughs> I mean, um, you really got to stop it with the bricks or the I'm windows. I'm just comfortable with that. I'm <laughs> fine with throwing. I'm, fi- I'm, fi- I'm fine with sending a pizza to your house and when you open it there is a contract inside that says by opening this pizza box you have you are legally mandated to watch the final season of the americans like i'm fine with being that big of a dick and yes that example is cribbed from that beautiful article about uh critics coming up with ways to get people to watch the americans and how ridiculous they've gotten didn't wasn't there some there were some really good like fake headlines in that weren't there well it wasn't headlines it was literally this it was literally the author of the article talking about all the different ways that critics have tricked him into or convinced him quote unquote to watch the americans and and they go to all these various extremes like the pizza trick to uh to to do so because over the years critics have literally tried everything we can to to convince you dear listeners tv viewers to watch the americans and i would sell 
all of the Olympics under the I'd throw all the Olympics under the bus to get you to do that. This is I great. This this one critic from the Times had a pizza delivered to my house. This is in the New Yorker. Um, and after I ate the pizza, I saw he had written, accepting this pizza obligates you to v- view no fewer than three episodes of The Americans on the inside of the box. When I talked to my lawyer, she pointed out that the contract only would have been enforceable if the critic had written it on the outside of the box, so I'm off the hook. Emily Nussbaum sent me one of those greeting cards where you record your own audio message, and when I opened it, the message she recorded is all about how the Americans is a thrilling exploration of the ways intimacy can be as dangerous as it is redemptive. My girlfriend wasn't too thrilled that I got a card from another woman discussing intimacy, and we got into a huge fight and broke up. Plus, the card arrived on my birthday, and Nussbaum didn't mention that at all. Yeah, that's a great article. I encourage everyone to watch it. But again, I'm very comfortable with being that kind of a dick. Yes, I believe it. Alan Seppenwall showed up at my grandfather's funeral. <laughs> I remember this article now. It's great. Um, yeah, I mean, the point is, really, in the end, it comes down to the watching of the thing we call television. So, Ben, tell us, what was the best thing you watched last week? I mean, it's Homeland. Um, Still Homeland. It's Homeland. Well, I didn't use Homeland last week. I just briefly mentioned it. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna do it this week because there's just there are there's limited options um there's screeners that i could talk about but i i don't really like doing that um in terms of stuff that i've already seen because you guys can't see it yet so mm-hmm. homeland is available i've now seen and the first two episodes are out they've given us a few more but i've only seen the first two so i'm same as you guys and i really enjoy it the second episode is actually a very kind of i think there'll be some questions about it. I think some people might have some problems with kind of where it goes. Uh, but for me, it's like, no, you are sending Carrie into the deep end of the pool and I want to see her freak the fuck out and do so. And, and they're, I feel like they are doing it with good reason. I feel like they are pushing her to a brink because of the societal context. And to watch that happen is going to be very fun. Uh, maybe devastating, uh, maybe heartbreaking, but they're they're using kind of some extremes this season, which could send the show off the rails if it's not handled well. But everything I've seen so far indicates, as well as the people who make it, indicates that it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of trust it right now. And I, I'm going to go along with this ride, and hopefully it stays good. How pulpy would you say it is right now? It's not pulpy. It's, it's not a pulpy show. Okay. Um, I mean, I wasn't sure. I haven't watched it in a while. Well, it's never really been a pulpy show. It, yeah, and it I feel can like be... it's changed a little bit. Well, it can it can be melodramatic at times, okay. um, but I would never I wouldn't say it's pulpy. Um, over the last ever, ever since one of the main characters died, uh, it's transformed very much into a you know into a more um, straightforward spy story, mm-hmm. less about you know kind of personal dynamics and relationships. They d- continue to develop Carrie, but the mission of the season is usually much more the focus than any sort of personal uh, backstory or personal arc that develops this season. The personal side is creeping back in, in a, in an exciting way. Um, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, I, I, it's still very much in vain with what it's been, what it's become, I should say. Cool. So um, yeah, Homeland uh, Sundays at 9 PM on Showtime. Um, I would recommend watching it before the Olympics, but, you know, watch it whenever you want. It's on Showtime anytime, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Liz, what do you recommend people watch uh, as the best thing you saw last week? 
Well, I'm working my way through. Um, as I as I, as we record this, I'm working my way. Not literally. I took a pause, but I'm finishing up uh, Mozart in the Jungle season four. Uh, and that show continues to be a very chill, very calm, very pleasant experience for me. It's even when there's conflict, even when there's drama, it's all very rooted in just like cool people, cool, interesting people making beautiful music and beautiful art. And it continues to like it. It it, it I mean, it's a show that like you know we'll just be like eh we're kind of done with this storyline. We'll just drop it and go to Japan for a while, um, which you know is kind of storytelling I can show up for. Um, I enjoy that a great deal. So that is my answer for you. It is Mozart in the Jungle, Golden Globe winning, uh, the Golden Globe winning comedy. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> the Globe, no greater authority than the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. But this one they got right. <laughs> this, <laughs> mentioning the fact that it won a Golden Globe has just pissed Ben off so much. I can't understand why. Because it won like three years ago uh, when Veep was at the height of its powers. And there were also ten other comedies that were obviously better. Like, uh, I, yeah, it's absurd. But uh, at the same time, great that someone is giving it uh, a voice and a, and a backing. Because it seems like a show that deserves at least a backing. At least a proper thrust into uh into the cultural relevant sphere i would say it's worth watching if only because no one is having more fun on television uh, more fun acting on television right now than malcolm mcdowell i don't you, i don't believe you why because i just just you watch his performance <laughs> and he's just like having so much fun he's just like tearing at the scenery and getting to do all this goofy stuff and making out with bernadette peters it's great I don't, I don't doubt any of that. And honestly, uh, I remember seeing Malcolm McDowell at a um, at, an, at Amazon's FYC party, I think two years ago, maybe last year. I, I, I don't know. Uh, and he was wearing a, a Malcolm McDowell shirt, like a clockwork orange Malcolm McDowell shirt to Wonderful. the party. And having a fucking blast at the thing. So I do not doubt that he's having fun. Um, yeah. I, the I'm most about, fun? I don't know about the most fun. Who would be having more fun? I mean, Jillian's having a lot of fun tweeting about the X-Files. Um, yeah, but she's not having fun on screen. I don't know if that's true or not. She seems to be having some fun. She needs uh, to be having more fun. You know where she needs to be having more fun? In those humble little hamlet that we call Pound Town. That's not up to her. Um, I'm just saying, I'm just stating for the record, Benjamin, my position on this matter. Uh, we all are very well aware. I don't know. Has it come up lately? Have I been able to... Complain about Pound Town or praise I Pound Town? Where to God we did this last <laughs> week? <laughs> There's no way it's been more than two weeks since we've talked about it. About Pound Town? Yeah. I just love talking about Pound Town, Ben. Uh, I know. <laughs> I hope everyone listening thinks that you're referring to her adopting dogs like she goes to the yes, pound yeah that's what i'm referring to. There's a whole village of, of she dogs. She does have a dog, though. She is a French bulldog. I learned this from Twitter recently. Oh, Jillian Anderson does. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, I'm always aware of this. I thought you were saying Scully did. I was like, what? No, she also well, she technically has Dagoo from last season. You don't remember Dagoo? Why are you saying it like that? Because that's his name, Dagoo. I'm saying with a New Zealand accent, why like Reese Darby did. Why does it have a like a high pitched? Because that's the way Reese Darby said it, Dagoo. Why are you saying it like the old catchphrase for Yahoo? Because that's the way Reese Darby said it. This is. <laughs> how is that not? Se- how does that not make sense to you? Oh, also, hurts. it doesn't. If I say dagoo, it doesn't have any fun to it. 
It's Friday, guys. You know what? Maybe it's okay that the X Files is off the air for a couple weeks. No. <laughs> I mean, no. We already we already came up with reasons why it is good, but I miss it. Uh, yeah, me too. Me um, too. Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? What is the next thing? Oh, I'm looking forward to um, Seven Seconds. Oh, uh, it's a new Netflix series. Oh boy! And I'm gonna I'm gonna put a big old asterisk on that statement because there are very specific reasons I'm looking forward to it. One of which is it's from the creator of The Killing, Vina Sood. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize for mispronouncing that last name. Uh, and the first season of The Killing was excellent television. So if, even if just the first season of Seven Seconds is good, great. Um, I'm a little disappointed that I'm pretty sure uh uh, well, who's the who's the actual lead of the show, Liz? It's not um, Claire Hope Ashby. Yeah, Claire. Ashitby? Wait, Claire Hope Ashby. 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 Claire Claire Hope Ashby. Yeah. Um, like she's she's the legitimate lead of the show, and Regina King is has like a very good part in the show, but I think she's more of a supporting character. Have you? How much have you watched? I haven't watched any of it. Okay. So again, that's why I'm looking forward to it. But from what. From what I've read of the synopsis, as well as you know, just kind of general contextual clues, it seems like this isn't a Regina. This isn't Regina King's show. Mm-hmm. It very well may be like an American Crime style thing where she'll just take it over because Regina King is fucking awesome and should have her own show um, that is legitimately hers. So that's a little bit of a whatever. But yeah. the main thing, the main reason I'm excited about Seven Seconds, okay, is because this is a Netflix drama series that's taking on very pertinent cultural context. It is dealing with um, a police officer who shoots a kid, and they're going to tackle these issues. All right. These are important. So many Netflix shows this year have been boring, cookie-cutter, algorithm-driven garbage. <laughs> and I, I say garbage with a, with a very – it's average. It's actually not that bad. They're fine. But a lot of the originals have been disappointing to me. In, in what I hope from a network that champions creativity. They seem very uncreative. They seem very unoriginal. This, I think, has the potential to be very original. And Liz is making a face right now. <laughs> I don't know what the face means. Well, I, I did look up. It's not, it's not under embargo. There are reviews out, so I can talk to you about it a little bit. Right. The I've embargo's seen, I've, up. Yeah, I've seen the first episode. Oh, great. Um, are you going to spoil this for me? I'm not going to spoil no, I mean, like, it's bad. Your, your, your anticipation over it? Yes. Um, I'm not – I could be wrong about this. You could really end up hooking in on it. And uh, the lead is great. Regina King has a pretty significant role, at least in the episode I saw. Um, well, again, yeah. I know she's a significant role, yeah. but I, it's not her show. It's it not was, – It was often marketed as her show. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of a lot, Ben? What? American Crime. Uh, well, I've seen other people say that, but I don't care. Like – American Crime had. <laughs> For viewers who don't remember, Ben and American Crime were never peanut butter and jelly. It had very specific problems. Like it, it was, and they were very attached to John Ridley as a creator. Like he, he knew exactly what he wanted to do with that show, and his, his, goal to, kind of get those issues out there, was such a like a. I'm going to beat this in with a hammer mentality that it didn't work for me. It was too dark and too blunt and too obvious and whatever. <laughs> um, 
so it could remind like things that are like American crime to me aren't bad. That's not like, really a negative. Um, okay. It would it would have to be almost exactly like it. I, I mean, we'll, there's definitely we'll, ways it could. We'll circle back. Steer into we'll the circle bad, back on so. this question. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm a little concerned now. Yes. Uh, I think well, I maybe might maybe this is point. maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is lowering your expectations to the point where you'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised. Well, I, I'd strive to deliver as objective of a review as I possibly can. But I believe in you. We'll see. Um, point being, I really just would like. One good show. One Netflix show this year, not to infuriate me. So <laughs> I guess this one probably isn't the safest bet, but it's it's kind of my last hope before I get pissed, <laughs> before I start getting angry and really well, just take see, it to there's the There's good service. stuff coming. We've got a series of unfortunate events returning. Season two. I'm talking about new ones. Okay. Like there, I, There's plenty of shows on Netflix that are very good, but they're, the new shows they've released this year have bothered me. So we'll right. see if that streak continues. I hope it ends. We'll find out next week. That show comes out Friday, right, as we're listening? Yeah. Okay. Um, Liz, please stop me from my rant. <laughs> Tell me what you're looking forward to. Um, I'm looking forward to Unreal Season 3 because um, I had I, I've seen the first episode, but it's been, a, it's been like over a month because uh, I watched it for TCAs and in the haze of TCAs. But according to Young Benjamin, uh, we have five episodes waiting for us on the screener site now. Uh, so I'm very looking. I that maybe I have other things I need to be watching, but there is a strong chance that this weekend I'll just be like, or I could just watch all of Unreal right now, which may or may not happen. But I'm very excited. I feel like I feel like they've made some smart choices. I feel like the new focus will help, and I really can't wait to see more of it. Yeah, I'm jacked. And it's been too long. Shuri Appleby, if you're listening to this, thank you very much for um, answer, speaking with Benjamin uh, during a recent event and um, confirming certain facts that needed to be confirmed. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Can't wait to see those shows you're developing, Miss yep. Appleby. Can't wait to eat that sandwich I'm going to get. Yep. All right. Um, and you can read all about that and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. And please, if you like us, give the other IndieWire podcasts a shot. I mean, Michael Schneider's Turn It On podcast uh, is going to deal with all of the relevant TV happening right now, uh, including non-Olympics coverage. So that's very exciting because there's still there is still plenty of television. Um, also, the one that started it all. Green Talk with Ann Thompson and Eric Cohn. Uh, we are, how many weeks are we away from the Oscars now, Liz? Two? Yeah. Three? Two and a half? As, as, people, as people are listening to this, it'll be 13 days. So yeah, just under two. So that's exciting. Um, and, and no one can prepare you better for the Oscars than, than Ms. Thompson and Mr. Cohn. So uh, make sure you give that a listen. And then, of course, I mean, <sighs> I don't even know what. I've run out of things to say. Honestly, if you've been listening to me ramble on for as long as I have on this in this hour, and you're not listening to the Filmmaker Toolkit podcast with Chris O'Fault, you need to re-examine your life choices and not your podcast choices in life. Like probably overall, because that's such an egregious misstep. Like I, I get it if you're gonna just like if you're just fast forwarding over me and listening to Liz, then fine, you're doing things right. But if you're actually patiently hearing me discuss this, like, ad nauseum, Olympics, Netflix, whatever, and you're not hearing Chris O'Fault's brilliant dialogue with actual creators and directors 
and people who are in the trenches uh, making some of the best movies and TV shows out there, then I'm going to give up on you. I'll give up on you before I give up on Netflix. I will give up on you. Wow. So get it together, people. Can't, can't really figure, can never figure out why our podcasts tend to last longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> Such a mystery, that question. Liz, the whole point of our podcast is me waiting for you to tell me to shut up. Like, <laughs> I just want, it's kind of like Goodwill Hunting where Ben Affleck tells Matt Damon, he's like, you know what, sometimes I wish that, you know, you were just gone. Like, no goodbye, no see you later. Like, I knocked on your door and you're just not there because you can do better. Sometimes, Liz, I want you to just look across the podcast and be like, Ben, I'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, shut up. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And then we'll continue. Yes, suspect. I, I, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will be back next week, you guys. Um, Maybe. Thank- I should just call it. No. Too much talking. So we got to get to 200 now. Because we, 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 200, we get more cake. No, no more cake. No more cake? No. What do we get for 200 then? I don't know. We'll figure out something better. What's better than cake? I, there's been too many sweets. I'm, I feel like I'm just turning into a big bloat, just a giant Yeah, that's definitely poly. you. These jeans are too tight now, Liz. Well, by two, episode 200, get, you know, we'll figure that out. Get us a paintball excursion. Oh, I don't like the sound of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll figure it out later. We'll figure it out. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. And I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna try see what happens if I say it this time. No matter what, keep watching television. I don't know. Did that break the loop? Hello, and welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Hello. Podcast. I'm Liz Shan Miller. on the Twitters. This is like the worst Groundhog Day. I could possibly imagine.